Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you again for joining us as we go into the Word of God. There's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. First, by mail at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Or you can email us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Again, you can email us at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. And I also want to let you know that there's another uh, opportunity been given to us. We are now available on uh, Amazon Podcast. So if you have uh, Alexa, you can now uh, uh, speak to Alexa if you so desire to do, or you can do it the old school way and go into your, um, go and do it manually by by search but you can also search for journeys in grace on amazon podcast and they have the entire catalog of journeys in grace on amazon so again i'm happy that uh, we uh, the lord has opened that door for us for my desire is to take the word take the gospel take the gospel of grace as far as wide as deep as i can into the body of christ so that others would hear this great freeing liberating uh, message that Jesus gave us. He not only gave it uh, to the United States, but he gave it to every nation. He told us to take this message from, from Jer- Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so as we go forward and move forward, it's my desire that God so uh, enables us that he would uh, uh, continue to bless us that we can take this word again as far as wide as deep as possible so that those who have ears to hear will hear this word that he has uh, placed into us into this Bible and of course that came by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we're going to continue this week on um, our inner man. Last week we talked about our image and how important it is for us to have a, a image that is formed by the word of God and by the knowledge that we are, as we read last week and I'll summarize a little bit, in Galatians 3, 25 through 29, how it talks about that in, in this New Testament church, that there is neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, but we are all one in Christ. We are all sons of God. We are sons of God, and we are the seed of Abraham. We all have the promise that same promise that God gave to Abraham over in Genesis 12 and 1. I'm going to read that to you as again, as we talk this week about not only about our inner man, but, but our, our position. Our position as believers is that we are blessed and we are the righteousness of God. So how would you say, preacher, that, um, that I'm saying that we are righteous? Because we have the righteousness of Christ. We have his righteousness. Remember, as we, as we uh, continue to build on what we learned last week and, and weeks prior, is that what Jesus deserved, he gave to us. And what we deserve, he took for us. Because that's what he came. He came to be a sacrifice for all men. He paid the debt for every murderer, every liar, every cheat, every fornicator, every, every abuser, whatever the sin that you can name, for every man and woman that's that's, that's uh, in, the world, in the world today, Jesus has already paid the bill. He has already went to the pawn shop of hell and paid the bill for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's on the planet. The issue is, 
who would receive it? The Bible says he died for the whole world, meaning everybody has the opportunity to know Christ. He only asks that we believe. If you believe that he was, uh, he, that he died and he rose on the third day, if you receive him as Lord and as Savior, there are a lot of people that believe that Jesus is, is a, a, a Savior. Some believe that he's a prophet, but they don't receive him as Lord of their life. They think he was a good man. They think the Bible is a good book, good principles to live by, but they will not receive him as Lord and as Savior. So again, as we go now, we're going to talk about our position. It's important that not only that we have an image of what God has created for us, but we need to know our position. And when we talked last week, as we ended in uh, the book of Galatians, we're going to go back there to end our teachings today. But again, just summarizing a little bit, it's important for us to know our position of, of what God has established for us. Our position is Christ is blessed. Our position in Christ is righteousness. Our position in Christ is holy. Yes, you are holy. You have the five, uh, you have all of the uh, blessings of, of uh, the gospel in your life already. As Galatians 5, talks about having the uh, fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love. And it talks about all the attributes of love that we already have. It's in you. And some may say, well, you know, uh, I know some people I don't love. I know some instances where I don't have peace. I know some times where I'm not meek. It's there, but you have to acknowledge it as Philemon uh, 1 and 6 says. It says that, that our faith is activated by the acknowledging of the good things that lie within us. See, you have to have, you have to speak by faith of what God has already deposited in you and it's in your spirit. It's not in your flesh. For the Bible says that, as Paul plainly says in Romans, he says, in my flesh is there no good thing. And in your mind, which Galatians, uh, with uh, Romans 12 and one, 12, 1 and 2 talks about how that we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Constantly reading and many times going over lessons that you already know about. Things that you think you know all about. We must go back to them and let them become, a, let the Father renew those things and reignite those things, which many times we think we know. But when you go back, you begin to study, the, the Lord will take off another layer and another layer and another layer because we'll never know through all eternity, all the layers of God and know everything there is to be about him. Because if you could, that would make you God. So let's go now. I know I've said a lot of things here, but again, we're talking about last week about the image. Now we're talking about our position. You knowing who you are and where you stand. Where you stand. There's a thing in the law that talks about, I'm talking about the natural law, where whenever there's an argument about uh, ownership, the first thing the judge will look at is, okay, who has possession? Now, there used to be a saying that possession is nine-tenths of the law, meaning that whoever has it in their possession has a good opportunity that after the trial is over, unless you stole it, but if you have more papers and you have more proof and you have more evidence that this was yours, you rightly possessed it, then that possession of it says that you own it. 
Well, what we have is we have the Father on the inside of us. We have the Lord. We have the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside. And when we know our positions as sons, then we can walk with that authority. That Proverbs 28 and 1 says, the righteous are bold as a lion. That the boldness is in you. You may not exhibit it. You may not demonstrate it, but it's there. And the reason you don't do it is Habakkuk 4.6, I believe, says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. It's the fact that you don't know what you have. And if you do know, you're not exercising it. You're not speaking it. You're not putting word. You're not putting voice to the word. The word of God is activated, is voice activated. The scripture says, who shall ourselves say to yonder's mountain? Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. It's going to be done. But you got to say it. Not only must you say it, you must know your position as a son of God and that you have the authority to do that and that it will be accomplished because you are a son of the most high God. So we go now to the book of Galatians. I'm sorry, the book of Genesis, 12th chapter. And let's read a few verses as we get started here. Talking about position today. And we're going to read first about our father Abraham by faith. How that the Lord put the blessing upon him. And in this scripture, it'll talk about the, how God promised him. The promise that God gave to Abraham was that he was blessed. So it reads in Genesis 1, and we're going to read 1 through 3. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country, from your kindred, from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And I will be a, and you will rather be a blessing. He said, I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. God put a blessing on Abraham. And how did Abraham activate it? He walked it out through obedience and he spoke it. And we're not going to go into the other verses, but later on, you'll read how that when Abraham was barren, he and his wife was barren. Uh, he and Sarah were barren for until Abraham was 99 years old. And when the father changed his name from Abram to Abraham, meaning he was the father of many nations. He changed Sarah's name from Sarah to Sarah. And as he did these things, here he, he is uh, 99. She's 90. He's 100. He's, he's, he's 90. And couldn't you just hear the people saying, did you hear what our master says? He said his God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And our mistress, her name is no longer Sarah, but Sarah. And when you could, he had to speak these things by faith. That's why the scripture says that the father speaks those things that are not as though they were. And this is what he commanded Abraham to do. You got to say it before you see it, before, before it manifests. So in other words, Abraham was seeing it in his spirit. But it, well, he wasn't seeing it. Sarah, that baby hadn't popped out of, Abraham, out of uh, Sarah yet. But he had to call her mother. He had to call her Sarah. Because he was speaking those things that were not as though they were. Because this is what the blessing and his position in the blessing enabled him to do. So let's move on now. 
And as we talk about the blessing, again, we're talking about the reason why we are blessed. And it, because we're in the position of this blessing, because what Jesus did for us, we were adopted into the royal family. And we were adopted into the only begotten son who came in. And he made a way for me and you through grace. Through grace are we saved. And when, when you receive that, you now assume the position of a son. Yes, ladies, as I said last week, you too receive the position of the son. For in the days of old, back in Abraham's day, the firstborn son received the blessing. He see, received the majority as an inheritance went to the firstborn son. And see, we have firstborn privileges because we are born of Christ. He gave us again what we did not deserve. He gave to us what he did not deserve. He took from us. But we as children of Abraham have the privilege of firstborn sons because of what Jesus did for us. So if we go down and read, I'm not going to read it, but you write this down in uh, Genesis book, uh, book, book of Genesis Chapter 25, verse 5, Isaac was given after Sarah had died. And now Abraham, he took uh, uh, concubines and he had sons by them. But what the Bible says in, in uh, Genesis 25 and 5, he says that Abraham gave his sons gifts and he sent them away. But to Isaac, he gave them everything that he had. Because Isaac received the blessing or the promise that of God's blessing on his life. That whatever he touched, it was going to be blessed because he was now under and covered by the blessing. That's why, just as his father, if you go back and read in, in the in the in the in the 22nd chapter, how that God blessed everything that on the day of a famine, in the days of famine. The Bible said, just like it was in Abraham's day, it came also in the days of Isaac. And the Bible says he sowed in famine and he reaped a hundredfold. How would you like somebody to bless you with a hundred times of what you have today? If you got a hundred thousand, now you got 10 million. How would you like for God to do that? That's what God did for Isaac. He blessed him. Because the blessing was upon him. The promise that he gave his father, it was now with uh, Isaac. So Isaac was given the blessing. And now, as we go on, we're not going to read all these scriptures because for, for time's sake, I want you to just follow. Some I'll read and some I'll uh, just paraphrase. But we're going to go now to the book of, uh, I may repeat myself some here. But I want you just again to just know that Jacob took the blessing. He took it from his brother Esau and he took it because he knew that if his father spoke the words of, 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 of the favor of God, of the blessing of God, as Isaac was given his, the blessing by his father Abraham, so was Jacob seeking the blessing from, blessing from Isaac. And so as we know Isaac received, now <clears throat> Jacob deceived his father and he took it. He took it. By, dis by disguising himself as his brother and going in and, and showing and, 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 and covering himself with sheep's wool and having his mother to prepare the favorite meal. And his father laid hands on him and told him who he was and how that he would be blessed in the fields and how his, brothers would, his brother would be subject unto him 
and his children would be blessed because that was faith in the word of God and in the promises as God had promised, promised Abraham and Abraham was a blessed abundantly as God had blessed Isaac and Isaac has seen the hundredfold blessing in his life. So was God now going to be, be obligated. See, the word of God puts an obligation on God. Uh, it says that uh, in, in, in Psalms 89, 34, I believe it says that he said that my word have gone out of my mouth. He says, and I will not take it. God said, I'm not going to take it back. He said, I'm not going to take back what I said. God is obligated, obligated. As he says in, in Psalms 30, I believe again, it's 89, 34, how that his word obligates him to keep it. And this is what Isaac did when he laid hands on Jacob. And, and, and just because Jacob took it, although he was told to his mother that the father would, uh, he was told to Rebekah that the young, the elder would serve the younger. And so it was when Jacob took the blessing from Esau. So we go ahead now. And Jacob, many years passed, Jacob goes to his, uh, his, his, uh, his father-in-law, his, uh, his, just his future father-in-law. He gets two wives and two concubines and have 12 sons. And the son that gets the favor is Joseph. But unlike his father, Jacob, Joseph had the blessing put on him. Joseph was given the blessing. He was given the, uh, the, 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 the blessing of the firstborn son. Yes, Joseph was the firstborn son of Rachel, but Reuben was the firstborn son of Leah. But Jacob saw the anointing. He saw something on his son, Joseph. And because he saw it and he loved him and, and he gave him a special coat, this coat symbolizing that this is the favored one. And that's what we want on our lives. And what is on our lives is the favor of God. It puts us in a position that wherever we are, wherever we go, it's on us. And some of you may say, well, you know, and all the places that I've went and all the things that I've done, I haven't seen the blessing. Scripture says in Hosea, my people perish for lack of knowledge. It's not because you are not blessed. It's because you don't know your position. You don't know your authority, which we taught in lessons a few weeks ago. If you know your authority and you know and have that image on the inside of being a son or a daughter of God. And as I've said earlier, how that as, as Proverbs 28 and 1 says, the righteous are bold as a lion. If you see yourself as the lion does, as the king of the jungle, as the king of the prairie, at the lion's roar, everything trembles. Why? Not because the lion is the fastest. He's not the fastest animal. He's not the uh, biggest animal. Because the fastest is the cheetah. The biggest is the elephant. The strongest is the hippopotamus, baby, and maybe the elephant. But the point I'm trying to make is, the lion just thinks he's the king of the jungle. And everybody, when they hear that lion's roar, even you and I, if they tell me if you ever hear the lion's roar in the midnight hour, it'll put chills up your spine because of the roar of the lion, because he declares himself that I'm here. And see, that's how we must be in the body of Christ as we walk, not bodaciously, not in pride, but in the as we walk and carry ourselves humbly 
but knowing within us, I'm a king's kid. God is on my side. I walk as a blessed one. I walk as a favored one. And because I know my position, I will walk as one called out by God. As the scripture says, we are the ecclesia, the called out ones. We were, we've been called from darkness unto light. We've been called from, from, from being lost to found. We've been called unto holiness and to righteousness. And our holiness and righteousness is not earned. It's what's been given to us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We've been given the righteousness because we received it from Jesus. So Joseph was given. Jacob took the blessing. Joseph was given the blessing. And I just want to give you an example of what this blessing does and what the position. See, what, what you by you knowing your position and you walking in it and what God has said over you, it obligates God to protect what he said. He said, I, my word shall not go out and return unto me void. In other words, God said, if my word's going to accomplish where I send it. He spoke his word over Abraham and said, Abraham, you are blessed. I'm going to bless you coming in and going out. I'm going to bless you in all things. Bless them that bless you. Curse them that curse you. And all of the, all of the earth, and all of the earth, your seed's going to be blessed. And all the nations, they're going to bless your name, Abraham. Because you are the father of faith. And through you shall come Christ. But, but you will be known by your faith and how you trusted me. Because you know who you are. No, Abraham didn't know it all in the beginning. He didn't walk in the perfect faith of God. But he grew. He grew. We see some of his mistakes, how he married his, 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 his uh, servant. How he uh, denied that Sarah was his wife twice. But as he grew and he saw God, he experienced God. He, he, had, he got the favor of God upon his knowing he just saw God's favor. That everything where he went, when he was with his uh, uh, nephew Lot, and it came the time that they, 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 they became richer and richer, and cattle grew, and, 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 and sheep grew, and the herds grew larger, and the, and the uh, herdsmen grew more and greater in number. There came a time that the, even the land where they were, it couldn't even hold them. It got so bad, they be, the, the herdsmen of Abraham and the herdsmen of Lot, they began to bicker and fight about uh, who was first and who got the prime land. It came a time that Abraham told Lot, he said, you know what? We're not going to argue. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You, if you go left, I'm going to go right. If you go north, I'm going to go south. I'm putting this in my words. Because Abraham knew who he was. He knew that God is with me. So Lot, you choose. And Lot looked around and said, hmm, I think I'll take this land toward uh, Solomon and Gomorrah because it looked the best. But what Lot should have done was and said, uh, Uncle, you have blessed me with so much. You choose. Because I honor you as being my father's brother. That's what he should have done. If he would have humbled himself, a lot wouldn't have made the shipwreck that he did. But because he didn't, he walked toward a land that became a curse to him in Solomon and, Solomon, uh, and Gomorrah. But what Abraham did was, okay, you go that way. I'm going this way. And the Bible says that he was blessed even more. Because after he separated from Lot, God appeared to him and showed him and said, you go and look. 
I'm going to show you what I'm going to do with your life. But going back to what, our position and one of, as we move through this lesson, now we see that Joseph being the favored son, he was given a coat. I'm just going to paraphrase again how that Joseph knew his position. He knew and he knew the God of his father. And he was a man of, 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 of principles. He didn't live like his brother. His brothers was, was, was thugs. They slaughtered a whole city because one of them had offended and yet they had raped one of the daughters. And they made an agreement that the girl was going to marry this, the, the, the king's son. But they set them up. And he and two of the brothers killed every man that they could find and put all the women and children into bondage. Two of his other brothers, they slept, one of the other brothers rather slept with one of his father, was slept with his, with his stepmother. These guys, and another brother, Judah, he made a promise to one of his sons, uh, one woman, his daughter-in-law had married two of his sons and didn't bear a son. And he had one more son. He said, well, you know what? Sometimes uh, when he gets of age, I'll let him, you can, you can marry him. But he wouldn't do it. And he ended up having children by his daughter-in-law. These guys were, were, were vicious. And these were the same men that sold Joseph into slavery. But you know what? The Bible says every place that Joseph went, the promise was upon him. The blessing was upon him. Why? Because Joseph knew who he was. He knew his position. He was, he was in the position of being blessed. God had given a dream and a vision of who, of who he was and what he would have. And because Joseph believed it, he became the second ruler in Egypt. So as we move forward, now we see the blessing going from Isaac, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. Now it comes. We see these men have a horde of children. They go move to Egypt. I'm going to move fast now. That the uh, Egypt, I mean, the, the Israelis go to hundreds, to thousands. To, when they leave Egypt, it's estimated there were uh, two to three million of them. And when they left, it was, the blessing was not, not only on, on uh, uh, it was on all of the children of Israel. They were blessed. It wasn't, it wasn't held to a son. They were all blessed, men and women and children, all of them who call upon the name of the Lord, God. And when they left, we hear about all the things that they did. But the one thing they had was the promise that God was going to bless his children. After 400 years, they were going to leave the land of Egypt. And he was going to take them to the land that he had shown their father Abraham. And as they left, Moses assembled them. And when he did, you got to go back and you got to read Leviticus and, and uh, some of the other chapters how they were formed into troops, into, into tribes. Each of the tribe had a position and each of them was to hold their position and move forward as they went through the desert. And if you looked at them from above and there's demonstration uh, uh, and, and, and pictures of this, they moved in the form of a cross. Each of them, each of the tribes had their position to the east, to the west, to the north and the south. And when they moved through, if you had a helicopter, you had a, a, a satellite and the image you looked down. It was in the form of the cross. All the people ahead of them, they knew them. And I know I'm doing a lot of paraphrasing today, but I'll give you these, these, these scriptures. We're going to go to one in particular here in the book of Numbers. This is in Numbers 23, 19. 
And we've quoted this scripture so many times, but this scripture, Numbers 23, 19, is about when God has spoken to Balaam. And Balaam was a prophet in the, uh, uh, in the Old Testament. He was a seer, a better way of, of, of naming him. And God would speak to him. But we know about the rebellion of Balaam, how that he had ridden that donkey and the donkey had spoken to him and said that, uh, have I ever failed you? God told Balaam not to go in with, uh, with uh, 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 the king. He told him, don't go with Balak. But Balaam anyway, he, 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 he was greedy after the things that, that Balak promised him. And long story short, God said, okay, you go with him. And in, the, in Numbers 23, 16, it says, and the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth. He says, go into Balak and say this. And when he came, he, and he said that, uh, we're going to skip down some. In the 23, 19, Balaam began to prophesy or speak the words, proclaim the word, be better. Begin to proclaim the words that God had put in his mouth over the children of Israel. He said, 23, he said, God, 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? Has he spoken and shall he not make it good? He said, behold, I have received commandments to bless. And he has blessed and I can not reverse it. And it goes on to say in the 21st verse, he has not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord, his God, is with him, and a shout of a king is among them. Now, you just think about what I just read. And if you know the history of Israel, after a few days it was in the, in the, in the uh, desert, and they had left Moses, they had left, Moses had left them and went up to receive commandments from God, they created a golden calf. You go on further in time. Dathan and Korah had, had, had uh, rejected and rejected Moses and his leadership. And the Bible said the earth opened up. There was another time that rebelled against Aaron and Moses. And God sent fiery serpents among them. But the promise that God had given them, all of these things came upon them because of the things they did. They were under the law. But God's word, God's promise, he couldn't break. He couldn't break that promise that he had given to Abraham. And then as we move forward on, Balaam could not curse these people because of their position in God. Their position of favor that God had given them and he had promised them. God, he can't take his word back. He can't take it, but he can't refuse. God can't refuse and say, well, you know what? Uh, you know, I, 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 really did, I really didn't mean that. He can't do that. And I feel like I have to go to Psalms. I got to go to Psalms 89, 34, because I, can, I don't feel like I did it justice. Uh, Psalms 89, 34. 89th chapter, 34th verse. And, and it reads, My covenant will I not break, nor alter the things that is gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. So we told we, but when we're talking about God's word, he says, my covenant, God's word, everything God speaks, it's a promise. And he promised us as we end the teaching today. He promised us in the book of Galatians, 
as we read last week, and we're going to come back to it now. Galatians 3.28, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. God has made a promise to us that he can't break. And because he can't break it, it's assured that you are a son of God, that you are the apple of his eye. His love for you, as was spoken in uh, the book of Psalms 8, it talks about how that, what is man? Maybe Psalms 8.34 said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visited him? So who is this? Who is, why are you so, you are you so loving of this man? Why are you? You know what? Because he, we are made in his image. He loves us. That's why he came from heaven. The angels didn't receive redemption. None of them. Once all that followed after Lucifer, they have a judgment already on them. They are going to the lake of fire for everlasting torment. There is no salvation for them. But for us, who are, the, who are the beloved, we are the beloved of God. We stand in a position of favor that Satan cannot break. And I just want to say this, and if you would write it down in your notes, this is in um, Numbers 31, 16. Israel was cursed later on. Balaam didn't curse, he couldn't curse them. But what he did was he, 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 he deceived them and caused them to curse themselves. By what? He said, you know what? This is how you get Israel. You get these. He took those. He got the women of the land and had them to lust after them. And once they lusted after the women of the land, they began to offer sacrifices. Well, you know what did the Lord said? Don't have. He said, have not. Do not have any other God. He said, that's in the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other God before me. And because they did this, they cursed themselves. That's the only way Satan can move us out of our place, out of our position, in our own minds. In God's eyes, he'll always love you. He loves you. But in our mind, when we miss the mark, we then we go to thinking that, oh, God doesn't love me now. I, I fail God. Yeah, you, you fail. But the point being, God still loves you. But see, we move on a, a, a guilt and condemnation. So now we can't flow in faith because we're ashamed to go to God. When the scripture said, come boldly before him. Come boldly and say, Lord, I messed up. God, I, I, I missed the mark. Lord, I, I, I didn't make it. This, I didn't, but I know your grace. This is what the scripture says. Your grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Your grace, the grace of God is enough to cover every mess up that you got. There's not a sin that you can do for grace cannot cover. And you say, why you say that, preacher? Because you think what, 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 what Adam has done, if you think that you sin, you, you sin so much now, I can't go back to God. Then you're saying Jesus' blood is not enough. He loves you. Now, I will say, if you willingly leave him 
and you reject him, then I don't believe God will force you to be saved. But if you so desire to be saved and be and be a believer and, and, and to follow after Jesus, you are assured. This is what First uh, John four seventeen says: that as He is, so are we in this life. As He is. So what part of you? As I said earlier, you are in the position of the firstborn son. God loves you so much. He has put you in the position of the firstborn son with all of his privileges. Why? Because it was merited by Jesus. Not because of what you do, but because of what he did. And so we end this teaching today. Jesus has already won every battle, every fight, every temptation. He has won it. Scripture says there's no temptation to come coming unto man. There's nothing coming to you that he didn't go through, that he didn't already defeat. He said, I got you. Let him have you. Let him help you. Father, we thank you for this teaching, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you do for us, in us and, and through us. And we so pray, Lord, for every Ear that will hear today, we pray that they would hear your word. And they will know that they are sons and daughters. Yes, Lord. In, in, in the flesh, are sons and daughters, Lord. But in, your, but in you, Lord, we have the privileges of the firstborn son. We have the privileges of the only begotten son. Because he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your word. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus. In your name we pray until we meet again. Amen.